going to read from the book of Matthew chapter 26. And I'm going to begin with verse number 6. Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever the gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial. Mark chapter 14. I want to draw out only one verse, an amplification of what we have just read. Mark chapter 14 and verse number 4. And it said, And there were some that had indignation. Or let me read verse number 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he said it meet, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she brake the box and poured it on his head. And everybody said, Amen. I want to talk to you for a few moments from this question. What is waste? What is waste? Everybody said, Amen. It was with the shadow of the cross that was cast upon his soul and the shadows that were growing ever darker by the hour that Jesus made his way toward Jerusalem. The journey took him through a familiar town called Bethany on this last trek to Jerusalem. While he was there, he was invited to his friend's house, Lazarus and his sisters. And one Simon the leper, the Bible said, made him a great supper. He was simply enjoying dinner with his friends. When suddenly there was an interruption, there was an air, an atmosphere, there was an aroma that filled the room. It was the fragrant odor of spikenard. Everyone was aware of it. All heads turned as the scene unfolded. It was really a simple deed. It was Nothing really that extravagant. It was what anybody would have done for their guest. But in this particular setting, it seemed uniquely strange. 
When they turned, they saw Mary. Mary, who had had so many wonderful things happen to her in her life, kneeling at her master's feet with thoughts in her heart that were so filled with joy that speech was unutterable, unnoticed at first by the guest until the fragrance filled the room and attracted their attention. A broken vessel in trembling hands pouring out on that body. And now she is noticed. And as the realization begins to sink in, there is certainly an element of surprise that fills the room because the woman's act is very costly. When they realize what they smell and they see what has been broken, immediately everyone recognized what a lavish outpouring of love they were demonstrating. What a sacrifice and what an extravagance at the highest level. It is not beyond the realm of reason to think that of all people that should have understood, his disciples should have understood and welcomed the act that she was committing. If anyone would have appreciated what was being done, certainly his disciples should have been those who appreciated what she was doing. They knew more than anyone what he represented. They knew of the miracles and the signs and wonders that he had performed. But more than that, they all knew what he had done in their own hearts and in their own lives. But instead of these men applauding this act, the Bible says that they looked at this woman who was pouring out her love and they said, Why was this waste? How strange that these men should have misunderstood this act of love. How strange that these men would fail to see what was in what she had done. It appears to be sheer recklessness. It seems to them to be a careless waste of precious substance. They were in a holy week, and of all times, this was a time to conserve and be conscious of those things. But here this woman is pouring out this alabaster box of precious ointment. When it could have been used for certainly more useful purposes, it could have been sold and the money taken and given to the poor. Was she not thinking? Certainly that had to cross somebody's mind. Was she not thinking? Did she not understand the wastefulness of her endeavor? I will tell you tonight that I believe with all of my heart that Mary understood full well what she was doing. If anybody knew the value of that box, Mary knew the value of that box. If anybody knew what it cost to purchase or have 
that kind of gift to give, Mary understood. But these men interpreted it as waste. And subsequently, many, no doubt, were surprised when Jesus turned and gave a high honor to this woman for what she had done. No doubt they were surprised that he applauded her in what she had just done. He tells them to leave her alone. Let her be. She has done what she could. And this shall be remembered as a memorial. Jesus said she did what she could. When I read that again recently, it made me understand that not all that she could do had been done, but all that she could do at that moment had been done. She did something to show that she was thankful for her blessings. It is not always so much what we do, but what we do it with, and that is the spirit of sacrifice. When the disciples said, could not this have been sold, Jesus rebuked them, and he rebuked them with these words, you have the poor with you always. When I read that statement again recently, it seemed like the Lord spoke to me and said, Mark, I am more interested in what you can do than what you could do. I am more interested in what you have within your grasp or ability to do right now than what might be done if circumstances were different. What is done is more important than what might have been done. I have come to tell you, Greater Life Church, that I would rather have people doing what they can than to have a church full of people merely talking about what could be or what should be. I would rather have a church filled with young people who are eager to respond to the Spirit of God and open their lives to the Lord than to have a house full of people that know everything they need to know about God but never express that knowledge to Him. I'd rather have a choir full of triers than a house full of talented criers. I'm going to get to it in a minute. I would rather have people up here that couldn't even keep a tune than people that could keep a tune but won't get up here. <clears throat> she did more than she knew on that occasion. And she had an eye for eternity. And that's a good thing to have an eye for. She had an eye for the future. She was not simply absorbed in the present. I have learned this much about living for God that anything that makes preparation for the future is not a waste. And when you see young people doing what they were doing tonight, I don't care if they do it every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Friday, every Monday. They're not wasting our time. 
and we're not wasting a service when we are making preparations for what is ahead of us. It is not a waste of my time or my energy to do what we have done tonight. For her to do what she did, she had to forget about herself. She had to forget who she was and what she was to do what she did. She could not have done that act of giving and that act of lavish love if she had been worried about herself. I'm afraid that far too many people are more worried about themselves than they are concerned about what they can give to God. The Bible said that she broke it. She did not spare the vessel itself. It could have been spared, no doubt. She could have emptied that spikenard and kept the box. But there was such an outpouring of love in her heart that she decided he was worth it all. And so she broke the box in his presence. And by breaking the box, listen to me, by breaking the box, she ensured that that box would never be used for any lesser holy purpose. That when she broke that box, she said, this is the best that I can do with my gift to him. I am not holding back, but I am pouring out not less but more. Let that be the story of my life tonight. The Bible says that she gave all. Waste is not in what you give, my friend. Waste is in what you don't give. Everything that could be given was given. It all went out, and she satisfied the Lord with her giving. We need to do that tonight. We need to do that. We need to do that with our gifts and with our talents and with our services and with our abilities. Instead of loaning our talent to God, as some of us are guilty of doing, we need to give it to Him. Instead of loaning our services to Him and calculating how much time we give and how much time we preserve for ourselves, maybe it's time for somebody to be so in love with Him and so carried away by their love for Him that they're not calculating what it costs. They're only thinking of what they can give. Amen. There are too many people who measure what they have to give to Him, and they only give that certain portion and no more. It's too much to ask, Brother Hughes. It's too much to expect. It's too much to require. Quit measuring out what we give to God and just pour it out to Him. The best gift is the unreserved gift. Maybe some of us need to break our box tonight because it's being used for other things that do not give glory to God and do not serve Him at His greatest purpose. It needs to be poured out. It is noted that this criticism of this woman 
began with one man, but it soon spread to many. Now, I'm not surprised that Judas was critical. What surprises me is that all the other disciples chimed in with him, and they began to agree. You know what? I would not want to be the person that started negative rumors around the church. I would not want to be guilty of starting a negative environment in my home. I would not want to be guilty of creating a negative environment in my family. Criticism of what is being done is one of the highest things that being done in the world today. Our world is full of critics. We see it every day and we witness it every waking hour of the day. I have come to tell this church tonight that it is not your place nor is it my place to qualify the worshipers of God. It is not my place to determine what is worship or what is not worship. You don't know the heart that pours it out. You don't know what that heart has been through this week. You don't know what they've had to bear. You don't know what a price it was for them to even be in the house of God. Amen. It's not my purpose to give my opinion. It's my purpose to give my worship. Amen. You see, the real waste was not in Mary. The real waste was in Judas. Judas, the Bible said, Iscariot, or as he is known later on, Judas, the son of perdition. Interesting that the same word that is translated waste that is used in that upper room or used in that family gathering as that woman poured out her alabaster box, the same word that is interpreted waste there is interpreted perdition in John chapter 17. You see, the real waste was not in one who gave all. The real waste was in those who could have but did not give what they could. The real waste was not in what she had poured out. The real waste in what was there that was never offered to him at all. Amen. You know what waste is? It's not being a blessing when you have been blessed. That's what a waste is. You know what a waste is? A waste is never valuing what Jesus values. That's a waste. A waste is having to measure everything you do to make sure you don't do too much. That's a waste. You know what a waste is? A waste is a person who has a talent or a gift for teaching, but they never use that gift or talent. A waste is a gift of song that's never used. A waste is waiting to be asked 
and never doing anything because you're never asked to do it. That, my friend, is a waste. There's never a waste in the giving, but there is a waste in the withholding. You see, Judas missed what was going on in Simon's house by a million miles. He was blinded to the higher things that were going on there. And the man who does not see the priceless is certainly going to be guilty of selling it at some point in his life. You see, you know what real waste is? Real waste is to sit on a pew with a talent and not use it for God. Well, I don't agree with what's going on. It doesn't matter whether you agree with what's going on or not. God didn't ask me if I agreed with what's going on or not. God's going to hold me accountable for the gifts that he has given me. The Bible said every man's going to stand accountable. Every man's going to give an account for the thing. You know what a waste is? A waste is a life that grows up in an atmosphere of love and care and God gives them all of the best and nurtures them and they can't be faithful to God or can't give to God and yet somebody that just prays through that had to wade through hell to get to church is the first one in the altar and the first one to lift their hand. I want to tell you who ought to be leading the shouting parade or all of you kids that were raised in a godly home and you didn't come home to be beat up every night. You're the one that ought to be on the front row. You're the one that ought to shout these aisles because God has been good to you. He's been better to you than anybody else in this building. And for you to not use that talent and you to not use that gift that God has given you, shame on you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to tell you what waste is. Waste is when you have a gift to give, but you never give it to God. That's what a waste is. Amen. God bless you can be seated. I'm not through yet. You see, a waste is when you only see the price, but never the value in what you do. Brother Hughes, I just can't give this up. Why not? He gave up a whole lot more to come down to us than we're ever going to give up to go up to him. Amen. Well, I've got to have it. No, I don't need to have anything but him. You know what I've learned? I've learned that people that try to barter with God always come out shortchanged. I've told you, and I'm going to go back and tell you, the story of the man who went to the marketplace to find laborers. And the first hour of the day, he comes into the market, and he finds these men, and the Bible says that they bartered with him. They bargained with him. They cut a deal with him. They argued with him about how much they were going to be paid. And they finally agreed, a penny a day. And they went to work. Evidently, they thought that was a good deal. But the work just kept growing. It seemed like they weren't doing enough. So he goes back, and he goes back at the last hour. And at the last hour, those that he reached for, they didn't bargain with him. They didn't argue, say, oh, you know what? You're going to have to give us so much. 
or we can't come. They just came, said, you do what's good. And God gave them the same thing he gave those who had to bargain with him. You know what? If you leave it to God, God will be better to you than you can be to yourself. If you'll quit trying to put God on this leash and say, okay, God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. If you'll, take, if you'll answer this prayer, I'll be more faithful. If you'll take care of this problem, I'll quit being inconsistent. If you'll do this, God, I'll let go of that. If you'll be this, I promise you I'll make that commitment. You know what? If you'll just go ahead and make the commitment, God will take care of your problem. But if you don't ever give that kind of commitment, God is never going to take care of your problem. Never, never, never. You see, the waste is when you always have to count the price before you give the gift and miss the value of what you have found. There are, the very reason why many people cannot live for God tonight is because they're always trying to see how much it costs to do what they do for God. When you do not live up to what you know, folks, that is the biggest waste of all. The Bible said, unto whom much is given, much will be required. I'm going to tell you something. Some of you young couples and young people here in this church have been raised in a church family, and you haven't had to fight through hell every day of your life or fight through cigarette smoke or drug addicts or alcoholics to get to church. You haven't had to step over garbage to get out of the house of God, and you can't be faithful to God. You're going to give an account to that. You're going to have to stand before God and explain to him, you've been that good to me, and yet this is all you can give me? There's something wrong with that. I've just come to serve notice, Greater Life Church. There's too many of us that are sitting on the pew that need to be leading the parade. We need to be the ones out front saying, you know what? God's been better to me than he has anybody else in this building. And nobody, nobody's going to praise him like I praise him. And nobody's going to love him like I love him. And nobody's going to worship him like I worship him because he has been so very good to me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. There are people that are not involved in churches all across our city right now that think what they are doing is right when really it's a waste. Amen. Amen. If you've got a talent and you're not using it for God, that's the waste. You never taught somebody a home Bible study. You said, Brother Hughes, I don't know how. You don't have to know how. Do you know how to tell your story? Tell them your story. Tell them what convicted you. Tell them how you came to an altar. Tell them how you received the Holy Ghost. That's what you need to tell them. You don't have to have a theology degree and, and, and know how to break Scripture down and hermeneutics and all of the other things that go along with that. All you need to do is just say, this is what happened to me. That's what Paul did. Paul said, I was on the road to Damascus and I, I was breathing out threatenings to the church. I was trying to kill everybody I could when a, suddenly a light struck me down. I can't explain it all. I know the next thing I'm on the ground and I'm speaking to a voice. I can't see anything, but I know it's God. And I responded to him and he took me to a, three, a street called Straight and a preacher told me the things that I needed to do. And I opened my heart and the Lord filled me with his spirit. 
Oh, if that's happened to you folks, you're a debtor. If that's happened to you, you owe somebody in this world an explanation for why God's changed you, why you're not in the places that you used to be, why you're not bellied up to a bar tonight, why you're not sticking another syringe in your arm, why you're not snorting something up your nose or taking something down your gullet to get you high. You need to explain to a world that somewhere in an altar, I don't know how it happened, but something broke the chains that held me. Something broke me free. Something lifted me And I've never been the same And I never ever want to be the same again Uh, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah hallelujah. I'm closing, I'm going to shut up I'm not mad tonight I'm just trying to tell somebody what real waste is Real waste Not giving him what he deserves That's real waste Not giving him what he paid for. That's real waste. It's not getting involved because nobody asked me. That's the greatest waste. It's not being involved because you don't agree with what's going on. (laughs) Oh, Lord, what a waste. You know what real waste is? Real waste is a life that has no boundaries to it. Listen to what the Bible said. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to, no, no, leadeth to waste. The same word used in Matthew 26 is used in Matthew 7 or 8 to talk about the broad way and the wide way that leads to waste. When you live your life without any boundaries and you don't have any limits and you just do anything you want to do and you don't think anything's wrong, you are wasting your life. Amen. Waste is thinking that money can buy you the power of God. Acts chapter 8 verse 20. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee because Thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thy money waste with you because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. It never will do to be dominated by the standards of a calculator. The best way to live for God is just all out. In my vocabulary, whole hog. Amen. All in. Amen. The best way to live for God is just to break the box so that that box will never be used for any lesser purpose. It will always go to the highest purpose. The best way to live is to pour your life out to Him. Not to measure life by some standard, but to just give it all. You see, you never waste anything when you give it to God. Being totally committed to God is never a waste. Extravagant worship is not a waste. Sacrifice is never a waste. Love given unreservedly is never a waste. Service rendered unselfishly 
It's never a waste. Love and its expression needs no justification. It just needs opportunity. And when it had opportunity, it could do nothing less but pour it out. Amen. You know what waste is? Waste is having a whole head full of spiritual knowledge, but never using it to help one soul find the kingdom of God. You know what waste is? Waste is having a lifetime of experiences of hills and valleys and ups and downs, but living for God through it all and never sharing that with anybody else. That is waste. Amen. Waste is when you have been blessed so richly, but somehow you never find a way to be a blessing. That is a waste. Tonight, I feel so indebted to him that I could never repay what he has given to me. But I know this one thing. I'm not going to waste my life. Amen. I'm not going to waste my life. My parents were not perfect by any means, but I do know this. My mother and dad made sure that I was always in church. Even when my mother or my dad were sick, they made sure that we got to church. Now, nobody even thinks like that anymore, but my mother and dad did. I am so thankful tonight that I have been brought up that way. But I realize I have a great debt. If I fail God now, of all men, I am the biggest failure of all. You know what? I've never known what it was to come home to a a, a knockdown, drag out in my home because my parents were drunk. I've never known what it was to see my mother at a table with her hand in her head crying because my daddy drank his money away. We didn't have any way to pay the bill. I've never known that. But there's people in this room right here, there's young people that has to live through that every day. You wonder why they're up here on the front? Oh, you wonder why they want to get up front? They, you wonder why they want to be the first in the prayer room? Is because unto whom much is given, much is required. But more than that, unto whom much is given, much is appreciated. Amen. God, help me not to waste my life. Help me not to, to squander my talents and my gifts. I, I want to say this, and I'm going to close. And I'm not trying to be mean tonight, but there are some of you that are not involved in anything in this church, ministry-wise or anything else, or you pull yourself away from involvement. That's a waste. That's a waste. You get mad at me, that's all right. You've got all week to get happy again. But I'm not backing down. I'm going to tell you what I feel like the Holy Ghost has talked to me about. Is that we need to be conscious of what waste is. And waste is not what you give. It's what you don't give. The question that I have to ask myself today, did God get everything out of me today that he deserved? Let's stand together.